You are now listening to the High Def Performance Podcast, hosted by Mitch Harb and Zach Smith. We're back. First virtual podcast we've done for a little bit, right? Long time. I yeah. Doing one, really. Who knows? Yeah. It's been, I, I can't think of like the last time we did it over virtual, but I think the virtual ones are, are kind of nice anyway. I'm so used to doing virtual meetings by now that it's kind of like um, everything has gone online, you know, yeah. although I still do value in-person meetings a lot more than I do like a meeting. Um, Dude, they're so much better. I don't know what it is, but they are just so like, like the meeting we just had last Friday if that was over Zoom, it like would have not hit the same at all. Yeah. No, it's it's completely true. Because it's like, also, I don't know if you feel like this too, but I always feel like I'm straining through. Like right now when I'm talking, I feel like I always have to talk like a percentage louder than I do when I talk with people. So like I get so much more fatigued like doing zoom call meetings but also like you can't really read people's body language and stuff and like it's so much harder to take like non-verbal cues into account when you're like talking to someone how like what you're telling them is landing or if they're even paying attention and because they could be looking at the screen and like doing an email (laughs) the worst the worst is when there's a a pause and no one's talking you feel like i better say something but someone else feels like that too and then yeah, you know what I've been getting a lot lately is uh is like delays where like things like the meetings behind and then all of a sudden like that really throws it's crazy even like a one or two second delay how much it throws off the dynamics of a conversation. Yep. So it's like we you gotta have really good internet. So hopefully, hopefully right now we have good internet for this recording and we're gonna go go through this smoothly. That's what that's why I'm not in Bellevue. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's been it's been it's crazy to think. I mean, today is December twenty first, and we are so close to twenty twenty three. And I don't know if it's been like that for you, but I'm like so surprised that the new year is already here. It's kind of hard to imagine that we're already through another year. Oh, I know. And just to think, like now it's going to be twenty twenty three, somewhat like three years since covid and all that like it still seems like it was pretty recent but i know kind of yeah, it's, hard. it's kind of hard to grip time because right now it's like time goes so fast for me like today is already wednesday tomorrow will be thursday and it's like it feels like it was just sunday or saturday it's just because like all of our days right now and and i know yours is the same as mine it's just like one you just go from thing to thing to thing back to back with zero gaps and zero time to even think about like what hour of the day it is. And then I get off, you know, like whatever. And I drive home and I get home by seven. I eat, I watch one show, I go to bed and I do it like again and again and again and again. And so it's like the days go pretty fast. I don't know how to make them go slower, but you know, at least days like this where I'm at home, it's still like it's the day has gone by fast, but I'm actually like, I don't know, a little bit more in track of it. When I'm treating, it's like, like blindingly fast. For sure. That's yeah, tough for sure. 
It's crazy. Well, cool, man. I wanted to jump into a couple topics. I know like one of the big things that's been, that's been a topic that I just kind of wanted to jump in some fun stuff before we get into like the bulk of the podcast, which is basically like new year's goals and some of the stuff we're doing in the new year to try to be successful. Um, have you done the Lenza app yet? Have you done the, the pic? Like, have you taken your pictures? No, dude, I, I downloaded it and then it was like paid. And I was like, uh, I don't really I paid, I went in there so many times, then I finally paid for it. And then just to listen to a YouTube video where you could basically do that for free because that's built on the back of open AI software. So oh, I think you, I think you can basically go to um, like the open AI site, um, something distortion and, and you can like do that yourself. Is it not the Delilah or the Dahlia one or no? Dolly is like Dolly is like where you could go in there and you say like paint me a picture of Elvis and an alien on a spaceship. That's that one I showed you. Remember, it was kind of not that good though. At least yeah. when I was in there, I just did a couple on Dolly the other night and they're pretty good. I did like paint me a picture of a lion lifting dumbbells and it's like pretty sick ones. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, um, that's kind of interesting. I did the lens app and the 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 ones that I got are pretty cool, but I got some really janky ones too like where it looks like my eye is like an inch down lower on one side (laughs) (laughs) and to bring you down a notch everyone else everyone else they're like freaking i'm like you're pumping these guys heads up way too much that's because they bought a profile picture (laughs) yeah well it's because they bought like i did the cheaper pack so i only got like 50 of them (laughs) and so i didn't i didn't get as many ones i feel like a lot of these people bought like a 500 pack and so like they got like 50 good ones I got like 10 good ones, but the ones that they're not showing you online are extremely janky. And I died laughing when I saw Tony Jeffries post of uh, like a video, a story reel on Instagram of all the ones that he got (laughs) and they like made his teeth all look crazy. (laughs) And it was, it was pretty hilarious. So that's like a, that's like a pretty cool one. And then um, like, there's just so many crazy stuff like coming out. And and I think like the reason why I want to talk about it is because a lot of this stuff might be useful for people that are listening that are business owners or like for us, like what I'm using it for is like saving time. Like there's going to be one that does YouTube thumbnails where it, like you write a short, you, like you can, it takes the description, it takes like the video and then it finds the best picture within the video. And it makes that it's so cool. Like all the stuff that's coming out, that's going to save people time. And that's kind of, what I'm thinking about for, you know, like, for example, we just got an AI software at our company that reads all of our notes, processes them, sees how well that they uh, would pass like an audit from an insurance company, and then gives us a score. And then not only that, but writes an email to each individual therapist that tells them exactly what they should, what they need to work on and, and examples of those problems. So it takes everything of that off of my plate as a business owner to do other stuff. So now I don't have to go in there and read individual documents and, and score them and then reach out to the therapist and say, Hey, this is what you've, what you need to work on. These are the things I found. It's just like those kind of tools are going to be so interesting how they're going to propel things forward. Cause people are going to be able to move so much faster. And with writing, you know, like the things like Jasper, like those kind of products are just, it. I'm like, I'm, I'm nerding out every night where I, I just like watch YouTube videos about all the cool AI stuff that's coming out. And now off the back of this open AI stuff, they're building out things that are going to help every industry and every person out there is going to have something where they can utilize these tools 
to make their job easier, to make their life easier. Like, dude, there's, there's even a new software that I was thinking about doing for our meetings where it listens in on our recordings like this, and it will pull all of the information from that and write notes for you on your meeting. Mm -hmm. And so for a podcaster like us, it'll listen to a podcast and it'll write notes on your podcast of what you talked about. And it'll pull that up right after. So no longer does there need to be a secretary or someone in the meeting that's like responsible. Who's going to write the notes on this meeting and send out the email. It's like, oh, that all of that's automatic because it all just gets done. And so that's like a pretty cool thing that I'm looking forward to. No, it's big and it's needed, especially in the medical field with the shortages of certain staff that they're finding. Front desk. Yep. Yeah. Is like. We you you need as much off people's plates as, as you can get. Um, so so that's pretty big. For me, I think it's cool too. Like the hardest part about writing and like you said, like thumbnails is just starting from that blank slate where you're like, what do I even I don't know what to say? Whereas I love where you can just plug in like what's it about? And then it gives you all these ideas. Yep. I don't ever really use it, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start with this, I'm gonna change a few words that make yep. it that I like. And that's just like that versus I could sit there for 30, 40 minutes trying to come up with stupid things. Well, these chat bots will come up with like, Hey, give me 10 ideas for blog posts for physical therapy. Like they'll, they'll save you so much time in the thought process of it. And like you said, like most of us are paralyzed. We have that pr- analysis, the paralysis by analysis where we just like the hardest part is starting and thinking of an idea. It's like, well, guess what? This thing's like going to show you exactly what you should be doing. Like here. And so here's the topics, write about them. Like you don't even have to think of the topics that would have taken an hour before, you know, it's like, maybe we should do a podcast. that's completely controlled by AI topics. And it's just like, we asked the chat bot, give me five topics for the next podcast. And then we're just going to cover those ones. Cause, cause you would never know if, if they were good. Right. And that's, so that's the, that's the basis of, of the AI is like, is it good enough to do the job of humans? And I think for certain things, like I, I bet this, this software that does the YouTube thumbnails is better than I am at making a thumbnail one, because it's going to be literally like a hundred to 200 times faster than I am at it. Maybe even faster. Um, and then it also knows what the algorithm is looking for and what other people are doing. Well, what about this? What if what if you as a PT would go in and say, patient has all these symptoms, here's what's going on with them. What do you think it is? You think it would be able to do something like that? So that's the next phase of AI for sure. It just has, the problem is they have to get enough data. Why couldn't they download all the books you read, right, yep. in school? They can't. No, they have all that. And I think like, that's where they say, that's where they say like the next iteration of WebMD, you know, WebMD is like a funny one. It's like, you put your symptom checker in. It's like, it always comes out to be cancer. Well, they say like the next iteration of WebMD is AI where it's like, here are my symptoms. And then they can actually go out and read literature. They can read other published work on the internet. They can read published books and if they can get access to like unidentified data from hospitals, like if Medicare sent them their database of information, then they would have a huge bulk of information to work off of. And they could definitely help a PT or a doctor say, Hey, here's the three statistically most likely conditions based on the symptoms. And then here's kind of like the, uh, the clinical guidelines around these conditions. So here's what you should do. And then it's like, and then it's execution of it and making sure that, the the skill matches the information 
Well, and and because misdiagnosis is like a huge issue, right? So do you think this would help with that? A ton. I think it could potentially eliminate a good to almost all like full portion of misdiagnosis, which will reduce your time in care. Like insurance companies should be into this because it reduces the cost on, on health insurance spend. Cause you're not, you're not like treating someone for foot pain when it's actually coming from their low back for six months. And then all of a sudden you go, Oh wait, this is actually a disc injury. It goes down to the foot. Like we should have done this before. And then it's like, okay, we just wasted six months of time and money going after this. So I think it could definitely, and, and that's what I'm excited for is like when it starts to help medical professionals be more um, strategic or, or more efficient at creating diagnosis, creating plan of care. And then we already know there's a lot of AI software coming out for like dictation stuff. So, you know, that can help to address some of the burnout in, in medicine, which I think is a huge game changer. Plus the good thing is there's a lot of motivating factors as far as like companies building this product. Cause there's a lot of money in healthcare. So I think, I think there's, I think there's two, like a couple things that, that, that are there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely reminds you of that, that new wave where you're like, kind of like the social media, when it started blowing up, you're like, how do I get a piece of this? How do I get on board with this? How do we yep. adopt? be early adopters and all that which i think we already are i mean as far as like i would be concerned probably i'm we're probably one of the only pt clinics using a, a large suite of ai tools you know like we have a fairly large suite of ai tools that are doing a lot of stuff for us um so i think like you know just being on the, on that cutting edge is important that's kind of what we've been about with high def in the first place is like kind of trying to push that forefront of what physical therapy is. And, and I think about it, it's probably, it's probably back to those, those people who were like late adopters for EMRs, like, you know, back, back, not too long ago, all documents were done on paper. And I bet there was a lot of clinics that could have switched over to an uh, electronic EMR and just made their lives way harder because they didn't switch over right when it was available. And so then they were behind the eight ball. So I think that's like a similar situation here where it's like, you got to figure out a way to adapt these tools that make you a, a more efficient and, and more um, skilled clinic, because if you don't, you're just going to get passed. And I think this will happen not only in healthcare, but it'll help in, it'll happen in, in uh, a variety of different areas um, of, of uh, different sectors, business and, you know, everything, marketing, advertising, stuff like that. And And I love that output because it's like, most people are like, how is this, we got to stop it. It's going to replace me. Instead, think about how you can incorporate it and make you better. You know, like like all the the lawyers put out something where it was like, it needs to end because, because they're writing all these contracts and all this stuff. Yep. And it's like, well, maybe you should just be using that to write it. And then you could do other stuff. You can do more. You can write more. You can have more volume. You can help more people. Now you can lower your prices instead of me paying you $475 an hour. Now I can pay you a hundred and you can do five times the work. You still make, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, we'll see. There'll be a ton of law firms that do use it and they'll lower their prices and they'll have the competitive advantage and, and they'll write better stuff and they'll get documents to people faster. And, and it, you know, so I I think it'll be in general, a really good thing. Yep. So the next topic I want to talk to you about was interesting. I, I messaged this guy and I hope I say his name right. Lewis Lupowitz. Um, he's at champion sports med. He's a PT and he posted this thing on Instagram. It made me really th- think 
something it kind of got me interested because you're a personal trainer and I know you would never do this, but I don't know what would ever drive someone to do this. So these personal trainers at lifetime fitness, and I don't know if I should call them out, but I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they'll never listen to this. Um, They wear shirts that say DPT on them. And then they have tags that say DPT on them. So for those that don't know, like DPT is owned by the American Physical Therapy Association and it stands for Doctor of Physical Therapy. Like that is our title. We've come up with it. It's just like, you know, an MD behind an MD's name or a Cairo, you know, they have their, they have their credentials. Um, But they put this DPT on there. Apparently they're getting sued over it by the APTA, but they, the, the, what they say DPT stands for is dynamic personal trainers. And it's so silly that to me that you would add the word dynamic before personal trainer just to be able to use the tag DPT so that you are essentially fooling people that you're a rehab provider. Is that what they're trying to do? I mean, why else would you put dynamic personal trainer and DPT in big language? And these trainers, by the way, are doing a lot of like, kinesio taping they're doing like they have pt treatment tables in the personal training area and they have they're like applying like wraps on ankles and modalities and things like that so it's it's a very uh it's a it's a very interesting thing that they're doing they're trying to like seem a higher level than a personal trainer yeah and and just DPT, you might just like, oh, I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to well, like, see that before on my trainer. You know, it's like we know Cairo clinics that are like this, too, and, and other clinics that not just Cairo's, but it's like they're like, yeah, my physical therapist. You're like, well, there's no physical therapist working there. They're like, yeah, yeah, there's a physical therapist. And it's like, no, that's like a rehab aid. That's like an exercise. The exercise specialist is not a physical therapist. And so it's interesting when to me, people use credentials that don't match what they are like like for example i have a doctorate degree but i would never call myself a physician but there are chiropractors out there that call themselves just and they don't they drop off the chiropractic um the the initials at the end yeah yeah and they call themselves doctor whatever and they say physician and i'm like well you're not actually a physician that's like misrepresentation so as a person who would never want to misrepresent uh, misrepresent my skills and and my credentials for obvious legal and ethical reasons. Um, I think it's interesting that a company as big as lifetime fitness is encouraging. Like, it's like, it's like people that are so non-comfortable in their own skin to be able to like, like fool somebody in that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you said, I, I don't ever want anyone to think I, I hate when people, everyone thinks I'm a physical therapist. I'm like, all right, listen. I know you go out of your way to like make sure that you correct and say like, no, no, listen, yeah. I'm not a PT. I don't treat anybody. Well, that was because one time I was meeting with someone and I was like, I told them that I wasn't. And then I don't know if they didn't listen, but they're like, hey, this patient has this issue they want to talk to you about. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, talk to me by just tell me and I'll write it down and then I'll get back to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. But, but that's like for all the trainers out there, like I always think it's also interesting when trainers call themselves a PT because everyone knows that a PT in regular terms, when they hear a PT, like my PT, I've never heard someone call their personal trainer, their PT. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it just, it's just—it's unfortunate yeah. that the letters happen to be exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you are their trainer, you are their coach, you are their personal trainer, you are not their PT. Like, I, I know it sounds yeah. like stupid semantics, but like in people's head, it is misrepresentation. Isn't it like someone was telling me like in different parts of the country, or or is it like other areas like? maybe Canada it's physio and then trainer is PT. Isn't it like that or something? I don't think anyone calls them PTs. I think they call them trainers or coaches or athletic coaches. Yeah. Like, and they do call them physios, but they still use the initials PT and it's behind the name um, on, I I don't know if it is in Canada, that would actually be something good to look up. I'm mainly talking about the U S here. And so like, if you ever saw like a person's name, Zach Smith, comma PT, you would, in my realm, since I am a physical therapist, I would assume that it's a physical therapist, but I th- think most people would r- think that. Why? I've always wondered this. Why do people do PT, DPT? Why wouldn't you just say DPT? Yeah, it's because technically your degree is the DPT, but your license is a licensed physical therapist. So basically what that's telling people is that not only do you have the degree, but you're also a licensed physical therapist versus like there are certain guys like we know a couple like that, that graduated with their doctorate of physical therapy, but they never became a licensed physical therapist. That person wouldn't put PT after their name. They would just put the DPT because they have the degree of doctor of physical therapy, but they don't have the credential of a licensed physical therapist. Gotcha. Does that make sense? So like, I don't know if, I don't know if this is true for a guy like John Russin, but like if, if a guy like that came out of school, I th- didn't we just talk to someone like this that came out of school with their doctor of physical therapy, but never actually took the board certification. Yeah. Cause he was making all that money online. And exactly. Like, so I don't, I don't even, so he exactly. DPT. So in that case, that guy never took a board certification. So he has never, he has never become a board certified physical therapist. So he didn't earn the PT, he just has the doctorate of physical therapy degree. Although I, I guarantee most people are wondering that too. They're like, I get it. Oh, yeah. You got to put PT and DVD. I get it. <laughs> I know. It's the, it's, it's, we've come to this thing because you could get the degree separate of the license. Makes sense. The board certification. Although technically you could graduate with a medical degree and not pass the board exam or like law, but I don't know if they let you use the letters. That's it's a whole separate topic. I have no idea, but credentialing in general is funny because like, I mean, anyone can just put anything behind their name. It doesn't actually have to matter. Like if you go do your CPPS, you could put CPPS and this and that. And like, no one knows what any of those credentials mean. So like some, I see other individuals who just add every letter of every shirt that they've ever done, whether it's like a real cert or some dude's like weekend cert and they put it behind their name and they say, this is what I am. And it's like, well, no, first of all, no one knows what that is. And it's like, you're just putting all these letters. So you look really smart. So, you know, that's another example of, of like this, like lifetime fitness DPT thing where it's like, just be comfortable with what you know. And if like learn more, if you don't feel, if you don't feel confident in your knowledge, Go and solve that problem. Don't just put a bunch of letters because all you're going to do is create a situation where you feel like you're a fake, like you're going to have imposter syndrome to the max. And I don't know, unless you're a psychopath, no one wants to live like that, right? Like no one wants to live feeling like a, like a fraud. 
Right. So just go and strip your skills, you know? Well, and that that's exactly it. I've always wanted to be known for what I actually know. Cause yeah. it is terrible feeling like when everyone expects that you know more and you don't have anything for them. You yeah. know, like that that just doesn't feel good at all. So why would I want to carry that all day? Yeah, no, exactly, man. It's like you got it, but but there's so many people out there that just have this like big area of deficit, and it just like they they just like oh, I don't think I can get clients because they don't think I know that much. So maybe I should just put all these letters behind my name so people think I know, and I'll get clients, and then I'll learn the information. But for now, it's how I get clients, and you know, so and some people are just into duping people, you know, like they think they know, but they don't know, right. That's the that's the more dangerous person though, the one who thinks that they know everything. Because like what I've found is like the more I try to learn things, the more I realize that I don't know anything. Yeah. But there's all those people that just assume that they know everything, and that's the dangerous person. So don't be one of those people. Exactly. So uh, roll on to the next thing, man. Kind of the bulk and the meat, meat and potatoes of kind of what what we want to talk about here was. Since it is coming up on New Year's, we'll do the cliche New Year's release where we'll kind of talk about our goals. Um, what do you what do you have anything specific planned for your New Year's? I saw like some interesting stuff by uh I can't remember it was it was probably from my first million. They were talking about it and they were saying like they created a goal in like personal, in like fitness, and money, in like adventure. I can't remember what the five categories are. I yeah, didn't yeah. do that. So I wanted to do that. So maybe I, I still have time. I can still create those. But do you have anything specific that that you're looking at for the year and stuff? Yeah, I always try to do like those categories. Um, what are your categories? It was like personal development slash education. Like, what do you want to learn? Um, business. And then one was like adventure, fun, fun slash adventure. And then one was um, your body, one is relationships, and then the other um, was like contribution. So mm. mostly like like body, I wanted to um, I wanted to get this this year I want to focus more on like not focus, but actually be consistent with the cardio. Yeah. Like just more and more you hear like that's so big for longevity, just overall health. And I just don't do much of it at all. And I, and I know why, because I hate it. And I, it's like, I'm avoiding it. Yep. And I feel like at times I get in this mode of where I'm just avoiding a lot of things that are uncomfortable because <laughs> it's yep. easy to do that. Yep. So I, I really want to get something consistent with that. And even if it's, you know, 20 minutes once a week, but if I do that for the whole year, like that would be pretty big. Dude, the Peloton for me for that goal has been so helpful because I actually don't love cycling and I also don't like cardio. But I found this one dude who does like hip hop uh, rides yeah. and he's so good on Peloton and uh, and his mixes are so sick that like and he's super motivational and I just ride with that guy only. And he's and it's and I like love going for 20 or 30 minutes on the peloton yeah and 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 it's like but i'm sure you could easily convince yourself to not do it too right like oh yeah like i so, think i'm gonna ride today but 
I, I think the big thing of for that, and this goes into my goals and we'll continue yours too, but like, it's all about the scheduling of it too. Cause if you like, I think if, if I just said like, ah, oh, maybe I'll ride Peloton today, <laughs> I'm probably not doing it. But if I tell myself, dude, you are riding at three o'clock today, yeah. no matter what, then I'm like, all right, I'll do it. You know, taking, taking the thought out of the schedule has been really big for me because like both of us, aside from when you're treating, there's a lot of, there's a lot of openness, right? Like we can, we can play around with our schedule quite a bit. And if I think about it all day, well, then I'm probably not doing anything. So like, just, Hey, yeah, maybe 8am isn't the best time to ride the bike, but I'm going to do it and just get on with my day versus I wonder if it would be better at one, uh, maybe, maybe tonight it would be better. Then you yeah. end up just not doing that shit. And so, yeah, just getting everything bolted down and just running with that. Obviously certain things come up, but that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been my, my hundred percent goal of, of 2023 is literally just like, I haven't even gone through the categories like you're talking about, but I want to keep on going on that. But, um, but mine's like just prioritizing, like making my schedule, in a way that fits my lifestyle for the future. And like one of the things we've talked about and kind of hit me hard was when Alex Hormozzi said, like, if you don't do this now while you're the most busy and you're saying you're going to wait till you're not busy to start it, it just implies that as soon as you're, as you're uh, busy again, you're going to stop. So then that's why I sat down with Eliza and I said, like, I know I keep on saying like, hey, as soon as business comes down, as soon as like my, I'm not treating as much, I'll do these things, but that just is not going to happen. Like realistically in the future, like I just continue to add people and there's like owning businesses now for now having another kid. Like it's not, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's always other things that come up and problems that can happen in business. So, so I decided to say, Hey, like, what do you, what do you need? What do I need? And I love what Rob Deerdeck talked about. I recommend you go listen to his podcast with Ed Milet. If you're interested in what we're talking about right now, it'll, he goes into a lot of detail and I'm just kind of ripping this off from Rob Deerdeck, but, but basically I schedule out everything and then I'm trying to match my business life and my family life. So for example, on two of my mornings, Monday morning at 6am and Thursday morning at 6am, my hour long block is to watch Sloan while Eliza works out. And so that's helping her achieve because we need to have cohesiveness and symmetry between what I'm doing at work and what she's doing and in our personal life and our business life. Because if those things don't coincide and they don't intertwine and then, then it won't be successful. So it's kind of like, instead of work-life balance, it's like, how do we work-life blend these together? And so that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And then block out what night is family night. So I'm going to come home. Okay. I'm going to be at home at five on this night and five on this night. And I'm not going to check my phone. And then from an hour, when I get home every night on the other days, I'm not going to do anything on my phone. So there's going to be an hour of home family time until Sloan goes to bed. And so we're setting these rules. And I think the rules are the crucial piece of this. And this is where I'll follow it. And then it's like, okay, I work out on Monday. Wednesday and Friday, those are my three workout days. And then I have an optional day, which I don't love to have, but I have an optional day on the weekends, but I make sure I work out at least three times and those are scheduled out. And then I've got my treatment blocks already scheduled out in Bellevue. So everything is just scheduled out, like literally down to right now, I'm just kind of accounting for my time where I say, okay, today I spent an hour on, on, on blog writing. And so, and then, you know, then I know at least what I've done with my day. Cause 
I don't know about you and, and probably a lot of the listeners, you get done with your day. Sometimes you're like, what did I even do today? Like it was so busy, but like, I can't even really like write down exactly what I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think, uh, I think that's going to be, that's going to be big. Like you said, setting the the rules because yeah, it's, this is all easy to say right now, but as you do get busy, what, what do you push off? You got to really be protective of those times. And I think, I think it will help too, because a lot of times you feel like you got to work 14 hours a day. You know, you're like, this is just what it takes. But like you said, then you go back. If you looked at those 14 hours, could you have worked out? Could you have had family time as well and still been successful? Probably. It's it's not like we're ever 14 hours with patients, 14 hours, like typing something, you know, it's like, it's always just, you just feel like you got to dedicate all your time to it. But and it's just it's just like that AI thing where it's like half the time of writing a blog is thinking about what to write. Half the time of like working when you have an open-ended work goal and a million projects to do is like thinking on what you should do. So if you just pre-schedule out like where the blocks are, then you'll get it done. I think the more exciting piece for me once I get this system down is then refining those blocks and figuring out where I can get time back. Like, like for example, I was like, okay, I'm going to remove my Tuesday hours at Bellevue. I was thinking about getting rid of Monday because I have a 45 minute commute on each side of that. But then, so then I gained back, if I work five hours, I gained back a net seven hours, but I figured out that if I get rid of on my Tuesday, because I take a lunch between the two things, I technically save back that lunch that I'm taking. So I net, one hour more with the commutes on those two days. So now that's what I'm looking at where I'm like, I'm looking at how can I net gain hours back and what's take like, like, like this morning, if I would have driven to a patient appointment at 7am and then driven back for these meetings to home net, that's 30 minutes each way. That's actually a two hour appointment now. And so I'm accounting for all of that. Right. And then you have to think about all these obligations that you have. Do they actually have other time that's, that's a part of that, right? Like if I take a meeting, like for this podcast, for example, there's a period of time, like 30 minutes where I have to review what we're going through. So it's not just a 45 minute podcast. It's like, I I need to review the material before this. And that takes time. And I think those are the things that were unaccounted for before and they weren't really planned. And so now I'm trying to figure out where are those places that I can optimize down and, and create less time? Like, can I plan a couple meetings while I'm on my commute so now I can double a commute time with a call that I don't need to be at a computer for? And then, so so those are where I'm super excited in 2023 to work towards optimizing because I really want to find how to win back time and make this grind because I will I will probably want to grind forever. And I think that's where Eliza was getting at with like, there's always going to be something that comes up because like, I love grinding, but I want to figure out a sustainable grind where like, it's a happy time for myself, my family. I don't feel like I'm just getting worn down and worn down until I can't do it anymore. For sure. And, you know, I was thinking about it too, like for everyone that is listening, I think it's valuable to just go do it first, like, like we have, you know, and not have all this structure because I think a lot of people get caught up in the structure and like, they got to like plan all these things and then then nothing actually gets done or you don't actually achieve anything. But I think we've hit that phase, right. Where we've done this for 
four years or five years. And now we have data where we're like, yeah, I, I like this. I don't like this piece. I yeah. I need this. And that's why, like you said, I think this is going to be a really good optimizing year, um, which is yeah. then going to just extend and, and, and make us go further. And I'd, I'd elaborate on that for all the people that are trying to do this as well. If you're not, if you're not super far in on business or whatever you're doing, you don't have a ton of experience. Like, just like don't one. have rules, right? Like yeah. we, we talked about that, right? Where people are like, nope, can't start anything before 10 a.m. Yeah, and that's like, silly. Okay, man. Because that's not what gets people where they need to go. So what I'd say is like, do whatever you think needs to be done and then do 20% more than that or 50% more than that. But then go back in your Google calendar or whatever calendar you use and mark down what you did so you can at least look back on a Sunday and say like, here's all the things I did. And then over the next, you do a year of that and you go, wow, I wasn't as successful as I wanted to in marketing. Then I got to add hours to that or figure out how to be more efficient during the hours that I had allotted for that time. But you should definitely have some sort of record. I think now looking back, I really wish I had a calendar where I could go back and look at what we did in the first year if not one for posterity's sake, two for like being able to help new professionals of like remembering what exactly it took from us to make this work. Cause it's hard to describe like, dude, we were just working 14 hours, 16 hours. It's like, what did that look like? Um, so that would be nice. And then also just to like be able to see how you can shape your stuff o- over time. So I'd always recommend record what you did in a log of some sort. I found Google calendars is the best. And, and at first, you know, if you just want to put in an hour block or a 30 minute block, then do that. But now I'm getting way more specific where it's like 15, I spent 20 here. I spent, you know, 45 doing this. And so my calendar looks really weird right now, but like every white space is filled. Cause I put in like literally like I'm showering and getting ready for work. So, so that's kind of like the detail that I'm bringing down to, to 2023. And, uh, and I think it's going to just accelerate the, um, the progress that we make in our business. And and I think I'm super excited because I think 2023 is going to be a huge year for me personally, obviously with another kid coming, but also professionally, I think we have a ton of cool stuff that that's going to come uh, and happen. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And, and all this optimization also, I feel like increases just the overall happiness of doing it too, because you're, you're fitting in everything that you want. You don't feel like it's a little out of control at times. So I agree. I agree. Got- well, let's, let's save the topic of the, of the goals for another, uh, another episode, maybe the the five categories we can go through. We, I think we've actually done one of those in the past, which was pretty fun. Kind of like going through those different five categories, kind of talking about why they're important. So I think we'll save that. This has been a great podcast. I'm excited um, to bring this one to you. Hopefully you guys can use some of this information to make your life better. Um, that's what we're all about improving our lives um, in all different ways. So catch you on the next one. We'll see you later. Later.